KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. I don't know how much you guys have been on Twitter over the weekend, but did you see that Ukraine, the official account of Ukraine, is following New Jersey's Twitter account? That really did kind of jump out at me. I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I mean, in the midst of all the important things that they're tweeting about and they're dealing with right now, it's almost like they needed a moment of levity in the midst of all this where someone on Twitter asked, why is Ukraine following New Jersey? And Ukraine actually hopped into their mentions and responded, quote, because they're cool. And that's all that needed to be said, basically. I mean, you love to see the love for New Jersey. New Jersey's Twitter account is great. I hope that this also just draws some attention to Ukraine's Twitter account, where they are tweeting a lot of serious stuff, too. They've got videos of what's going on over there, ways you can help. So maybe a little bit of a levity that's bringing us into some more serious, important stuff. I think it opens up a conversation that maybe we shall have right here on the Johncast at a later point in time about how technology, the internet, social media is actually possibly helping people during this conflict. I think that's a story. It's kind of interesting to see it go on like this. We're in the midst of everything Ukraine's dealing with right now. They still had a moment. They had a second. They had just a little bit of time just to kind of shout out the state of New Jersey. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. And it is Monday, final day of the month of February. And later on on the podcast, we'll be talking with Matt Leon about a swimmer at Westchester University who saved somebody's life while at lunch during a conference tournament. Just an incredible story. He joins us later on to talk about that. And we'll also get into some more updates on the Russian and Ukraine conflict. But first, we had some local news break this morning about the city worker vaccine mandate. And here's KYW City Hall Bureau Chief Pat Loeb to explain. The panel overseeing the city's arbitration with the police union over the mandate has requested more information about vaccine rates among workers and told the city it will decide on a new deadline depending on what the data shows. An attorney for the city says data delivered to the panel last Friday showed about 95 percent of police department employees have complied with the mandate. She did not say what new information the panel is seeking, and she could not say when the panel might respond to that information and set a new date. The delay was disclosed at a hearing in the firefighter suit to halt the vaccine mandate for their union altogether. That hearing has been continued since the urgency of the deadline is no longer immediate. The fire department has the lowest vaccine rate of all city departments in the 60 to 70 percent range. We're already seeing like the dates of these mask mandates starting to come to an end just in one week in New Jersey. The school mask mandate is going to come to an end. Delaware just ended theirs. There's a lot of stuff that's rapidly changing. So, of course, got to keep an eye on that. But, you know, just to be safe, still go out there and get vaccinated anyway. Now, the one other thing everybody's focusing on, of course, is what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. And some of the developments today include peace talks happening in Belarus. Well, that came to an end as Russia continues to attack some of Ukraine's largest cities. And they've been met by resistance by Ukrainians from across the country at almost every single stop. And we've also gotten word that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said he signed an application for the Ukraine to join the European Union, something that Vladimir Putin opposes. He also opposes Ukraine joining NATO as well. Several countries, including the United States, have also introduced harsher sanctions against Russia. Switzerland has even cut off some Russian banks, which says a lot because Switzerland is legendarily neutral. The EU and Canada closed their airspace to Russian planes. And it's not just countries who are reacting to this, too. Local state leaders have called for their own sanctions. 
New Jersey Senator Paul Sarlo, he's the chairman of their budget committee, and he wants the state to stop doing business with Russia. Essentially, what I am proposing is New Jersey uh, will no longer be able to conduct uh, any business or financial uh, transactions with any interests of any Russian institution or Russian developer. Yeah, it seems like there are a handful of local politicians who are trying to be on top of taking proactive actions to, in any way possible, might not be the biggest dense, but at least try to get the squeeze and pressure put on Russia a little bit more. We're going to stay in New Jersey for this one. Donald Norcross, he's a U.S. congressman. He represents the 1st District in New Jersey. He's also a member of the Armed Services Committee, and he spoke with Mike Doherty at a recent event. So if you hear some people chatting in the background, that is why, about some of the dynamics that are present in Russia and what Putin is trying to go after and what his goals might be. They have economic interests tied to... uh primarily fuels coming from Russia. That's how Russia has reemerged over the course of the last two decades. Russia is looking to create their, their new Soviet Union. He feels that what happened to the Soviet Union uh, two decades ago was the biggest embarrassment in their life. We also have Pennsylvania Democratic Senator Bob Casey, who met with members of the Ukrainian-American community in the Lehigh Valley, and he asked some pointed questions at St. Mary's Ukrainian Orthodox Church in Allentown, where about 100 people were in attendance, and they want the United States to do more and express concern that the sanctions are simply not working. I'm not going to contest uh, the argument they're making, but I think we've got to consider steps we haven't taken before. And Senator Chris Coons of Delaware is a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee. He took a recent trip to the region where Russia is basically looking to seize more control. And here's what he had to say. You're not crying wolf if he's actually a wolf. But I think we are in a moment similar to 1939. His chilling remarks a few days ago that Ukraine is not a legitimate country and that he doesn't believe it has a claim to independence is a reminder of just how disruptive a force Putin is and will remain. The 1939 reference is, of course, to Adolf Hitler, and there have been those noted similarities brought up between Putin and Hitler in that aspect. And when we're also dealing with Russia, it's only a matter of time before we start talking about, well, vodka, one of Russia's most well-known exports. The Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board is removing all Russian products from their shelves. And yes, that includes vodka. Yeah, you know, surprisingly, it turns out there isn't as much vodka actually made in Russia as you might think. They said there was a lot of Russian-themed vodka, which is fine as long as the money isn't going back to Russia. But they're removing, you know, the biggest one being Russian standard vodka. My brother-in-law is Russian. He lives in California. That is the only vodka he drinks. So this is not to say that he supports what Russia is doing right now, but he's probably going to be a little upset that he can't get his Russian standard vodka. On a serious note, everything came together and happened so quickly after Russia launched the invasion and actually entered into Ukraine and the fighting began that I just personally, I was trying to stay on top of everything that was going on and following all these updates. I didn't necessarily think of some secondary actions that would result because of this. And one of the things that I've been following lately is in the sporting world, how different organizations and entities are handling representatives from Russia right now, whether it be individual athletes or national clubs and that sort of thing. The International Olympic Committee has encouraged sports governing bodies to 
take action against Russia. We just got some news as we were taping the pod that FIFA and UEFA, two big governing bodies in soccer, that they announced that all Russian teams, whether national representative teams or club teams, quote, shall be suspended from participation in both FIFA and UEFA competitions until further notice. So the squeeze is starting to come from a lot of different places, as it should, in Russia's direction. It's interesting you bring up the sports aspect of this because the Russian billionaire businessman Roman Abramovich, who owns Chelsea of the Premier League, the English Premier League. He's been asked by the Ukraine and accepted a request to lead the peace talks to try to end this thing. That's interesting. You know, but it does seem like every, even individual people, it's like, how much can we do sitting here? Maybe one thing that we can do is just avoid buying Russian products. It's it's a small step, but it's, it's a step. Now, I will say that uh, there are a lot of Pennsylvania-based alternatives if you're looking for other vodkas. Faber, Bluebird Distillery, Hollow Spirits, to name a few. And you can also just get your liquor at Happy Hour. Center City Sips is coming back this summer. Great. Great. Love to see it. Love to hear it. Terrific uh, alcoholic beverage consumption tradition pre-pandemic. And this is, I think, just more good, encouraging, promising news as we try to emerge from what has been a rough, rough winter, and just get the weather nice, get back out there, support businesses, get back to doing things that we enjoyed. And John McDevitt got a chance to speak with Michelle Shannon, who's the vice president of marketing for Center City. If you love Center City and you love the businesses that have made you feel happy and welcome and loved as a customer, this is really a way to support them Nothing makes you feel happier than vodka. That's debatable. I, I have to say. It, it, well, I know, debatable. Brian. For you, it's more of a it's it's more of a beer. Brian's more of a beer man. A certain, <laughs> also, vodka to a certain uh, amount. Then then you don't feel so happy if you keep drinking much there after is, that. There is a hard line in the sand there when it comes to vodka. <laughs> no, I enjoy drinks with vodka. I enjoy drinks with vodka. It's just how I feel, perhaps at this advanced age after the fact. Yes, <laughs> it's it's great and it's. It's great in the short term, not so great in the long term. <laughs> I actually didn't know until today what Center City Sips was. Apparently, I just didn't I don't go out enough <laughs> around Center City. <laughs> but for anybody else who didn't know, uh, it's happy hours. Basically, businesses can participate. They're actually waiving the fees for participating businesses this year to kind of help them out a little bit after a tough year. Uh, it's going to go from June 1st to August 31st on Wednesdays. You can get $6 cocktails, $5 wines, $4 beers, plus half-price appetizers. So uh, that's a pretty good deal. Now, of course, you can check out everything that we've talked about here by simply going to our website, kwnewsradio.com. Coming up in a minute, we're going to talk with Matt Leon about a really wild and honestly really cool story he had on a recent episode of One on One, where a Westchester University swimmer had to activate that lifeguard training during lunch while he was at a conference championship tournament. Keep it right here. We'll be back with that in a moment. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. I'm Brian. And I think we all needed a, an uplifting story of some sort today. And Matt Leon is joining us once again, and he has one about a, a local college athlete who is not just a champion in the pool, but he's also a champion in life. He's a hero. Matt, we have a swimmer from Westchester University, Logan Brockway. He had a memorable swim meet just a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference Championships, and they were being held out uh, in York, Pennsylvania. 
this would have been Thursday the 17th when this all went down. Him and his team had taken part in the morning uh, in preliminaries. And then he says that they decided to go to lunch and uh, him and one of his teammates went to the the York Galleria Mall, which uh, it sounds like had kind of been the routine for the length of the championships. And they went to the food court and that's when they kind of realized that something was up and I'll let Logan take it from here. My teammate, Stephen Dow, we sat down. He noticed um, the woman choking um, and said, hey, I think that woman's in trouble. I think she's choking. Logan's a lifeguard. He can help. So I stepped in and started giving her the Heimlich and started trying to give her um, assistance. So um, kind of just right place at the right time. I was just happy to help. He just sounds so kind of matter of fact about it. Was he like bothered by this at all? No, he. He talked about, you know, he had trained for this, uh, you know, he had served as a lifeguard at, at several different places. Uh, the West, we should also note the Westchester University swimming program is unreal, not just in excellence, but what they do in the community as far as providing swim lessons, stuff like that. That's a whole conversation on itself. So he was very well versed in uh, in safety you know, and the Heimlich and all of these uh, life-saving, life-aiding uh, maneuvers. But he also said he'd never been, in all that time, he'd never been confronted with this, where it, it's go time and it's it's time to, to really do this. This isn't a drill. Uh, and it sounds like he did training just kind of took over and he was, he was ready to go. Obviously, you know, you don't, you don't want to have to do it, but um, all the training that we do, you know, over the years through the Red Cross and here at Westchester with my, my coaches, um, you know, I was prepared and I, I felt confident that I could help her. Yeah. He says that he helped her for a few minutes. She was able to breathe. I think she was still having some difficulty, but she was able to breathe and cough by the time the paramedics uh, had gotten there. And they kind of, once the paramedics and they made sure everything was in place they kind of uh took a step back and let them take over you know we just kind of went about our days we, we made sure once the paramedics were there you know she was okay and, and once they left but you know no words were exchanged we just kind of went about our day and and that was that you know no words were exchanged just just off to go handle more business and it's just interesting because again i'm still just struck by how calm he was he still had a race to to handle after all this has gone on where was his like his mindset in all this? It just seems like he was kind of taking it pretty easy. Well, he actually had a couple races. After that happens, they go back to work and back to swimming, and he ends up winning the 400 IM and then swam a leg of the 200 free relay uh, that Westchester won. So uh, not a bad day at the office for young <laughs> Logan on many different levels. He did say that, like, once they got into the car, I think him and his teammate kind of looked at each other and there was that. Th did that just happen? Like, there was <laughs> almost that. And I had talked to him a week after this all went down. I, if I remember correctly, I think he kind of referenced this, but I, I think it was just kind of starting to kind of sink in. Because I'm sure you're in that competitive mindset with the the swimming and you know this is what it's all about getting to these conference championships and stuff like that like i said i got the feeling like it was just starting to wash over him how special it was what he did uh and and i wonder if it's still kind of uh you know he's just kind of still putting it all together in his 
in his head because something he should be very proud of. You know, Matt, this story is so crazy. Not even the success that Logan had, notwithstanding. Just the fact that he saved someone's life. Let's take that at face value. And I know that you're familiar with this sort of thing and follow these types of dynamics. You know, I immediately think, well, what if he had been a Division I athlete and not a Division II athlete? Or what if he had been a student athlete in a mainstream big money sport like football and basketball? And, oh, we'd be hearing so much about it. To me, I think this underscores just like kind of the everyday important things that all student athletes do, regardless of what sport they play or what level they're at, those sorts of things where, you know, you could you could take a lunch break, save someone's life, and then go back out there, jump in the pool and kick some butt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is rarefied air saving life, but there are all kinds of student athletes in this Philadelphia area that have started their own charities, stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of great stories all over this landscape for this. I think it's really interesting that he also sort of credited his uh, his team with training as far as like compartmentalizing in some ways and and moving on to the next thing. It's like it's not just the physical training of how to do this, but it's the mental training of like, okay, now you put everything else away and you go swim. We do such a good job. Our team does such a good job at just kind of taking each step, you know, step by step. And um, our our coach uses the phrase put in the movie tape. So you're just going from one tape to the next to the next. You see this with a lot of high level athletes, not the necessarily saving the life part, but it you hear coaches and it becomes cliche and we all kind of roll our eyes at coach speak, but, you know, kind of next play, next man up. But there is something to that, that you don't allow, you don't think too much in the past, whether you failed or succeeded, because that has nothing to do with what's in front of you. And I think when that is, hammered into your head enough you kind of can do that in all walks of life where you just kind of compartmentalize is probably a good word for it where okay this part is done what's next and you don't allow one to bleed into the other you know matt we see this at a lot of level of sports these days there aren't just mental health professionals who work with teams to make sure that from a mental health standpoint athletes coaches staff are, are okay to deal with the pressures and stresses that come along with what they do but also mental skill building coaches like how to give you the skills you need to respond in moments of high intensity and pressure. So to that extent, I'm kind of not entirely surprised that Logan responded in this way. The fact that he's probably in tune to having a certain type of mindset and mentality that when you got to make a split second decision, he knew how to handle himself. Yeah, you're seeing more and more teams that are utilizing specifically a a coach to to kind of handle that, to handle the, the mental space and to get players in the right frame of mind and keep them there. I have to say, I hope that he does take the time to like take it all in, grapple with what happened. As Matt, you said, he might sort of still be working through that because, you know, I don't want to glorify as if compartmentalizing is always a good thing. It's good to get through the day and get through what you got to do, but you got to like, he's going to have to, take that all in eventually, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Matt, you, you were able to sit down and talk with him for a bonus episode of one-on-one. How can people check that out to hear the whole conversation with this young man? Oh, you can subscribe to one-on-one with Matt Leon, wherever you get your podcast, like the Odyssey app, uh, or you can check out on Twitter. I got a link there uh, at one-on-one pod. And that's Matt Leon. 
Thank you for joining us today. You can follow him on Twitter. He mentioned Twitter there. Follow him on Twitter at MattLeon1060. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. You guys have a great Monday. We'll see you again tomorrow.